0: Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, you can see my topic for this morning, scent. I believe this is one of the most important concepts you could ever grasp in your Christian life. It's been just in the last decade that this has come home to me, and I want to tell you it's changed my life almost as much as becoming a born-again believer did. And I hope that the Lord will speak to you today as we get into this. To get your mind engaged a little bit before I get uh, into teaching, though, I want you to just turn to someone next to you and discuss this, okay? What do you think, and there, there's no you know, number one, two, three in the Bible, so don't worry if your answers aren't the same as anybody else's. What do you think are God's three biggest purposes for the church or for believers in the world today? Okay. Just your own thoughts. Talk to someone next to you just for a few seconds. What do you think? All right. Uh, Let's hear a few of your thoughts. Just call something out. What's one of them that you came up with? Okay. Evangelism. Great. You know, I like to hear that one. (laughs) All right. Good. What else? Okay, what does James say? This is pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God the Father to care for widows and orphans in their distress. Yeah. To be a light. What kind of light? Right? We're reflecting what God is like, right? We're not the sun, we're the moon that reflects the light of God in this world. Someone else had one here? Jesus' feet and mouth and heart. Okay, Jesus' feet and mouth and heart. When when he calls the church the body of Christ, it's not just the symbolism that we all work together as different parts. We are the body of Christ. If he's going to do something in the world, he's going to do it through us, right? We are his feet and his hands and his mouth. What else? Live the quality of life that people say, that's the Jesus I want to know. Okay, live the quality of life so that people would say, that's the Jesus I want to know. Mm. Michael Frost uh, gives the illustration that uh, we're kind of like the movie trailer. You know, you go to the movies and they show you the trailers of the other movies coming up, and they show all the best bits, right? So you say, "Ooh, I want to go see that movie." And he said, "We're like the movie trailer uh, for the Christian life." Any other thoughts? Yep. to let everyone know how much he loves them. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, by the love you have for one another. All right, well, let's pray and get into the message. Just before I pray, I wanna give you just a moment of silence, and I would just ask you to pray to God, recognizing that he himself is here with us and let him know if he has something to say to you personally, you're ready to listen to him. You pray. God, we know you love to hear that prayer coming from our our lips and our hearts because you love to speak into our lives. So now, We've invited you, we have every confidence that you're going to meet with us personally as we go to your word. Thank you, we're ready to respond to you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this question, uh, when we ask this question, it's actually not that hard to start answering this question, right? Because there's some pretty heavy-hitting passages of the Bible that talk to this issue. What is God's purpose for the church in the world? What is his purpose for believers in the world today? And we could bring it down and say his purpose for north side church. What is his purpose? Well, uh, you know, um, there's that great passage we call the Great Commission. We give it its own name. It's so significant. When Jesus said to the disciples, all authority has, on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And as you do that, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Certainly, that's there for us, right, as an answer to this question. Then you think of the time that the man came to Jesus and said to him, what is the most important thing to God in all of the commands of the Bible? Jesus didn't have to think just like that. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. This is the great and foremost commandment. (laughs) Then there's that passage that we all know from 1 Corinthians 10, when the apostle Paul says, Therefore, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Right? And even in answering this question as a group, we went through some other of the very significant scriptures that kind of deal with this issue of why are we here? What is God's purpose for the church in the world? So to some degree, when we think of that, and even God's purpose for this church, uh, there's some clear answers. But wouldn't you agree with me that it actually gets a little bit more difficult and a little bit more complicated when I ask the question, but what is God's purpose For me, right now, at this point in my life, with the things that are before me, the things I'm facing, what is God's purpose for me? It's more challenging because when you go from the aggregate, from the whole, down to the individual, things are uh, uh, more specific, right? So you got this issue, you're not the same as everyone else. You were born completely unique. And any of you who have had multiple children can attest to this, right? You have your first child, you're there at hospital, the baby comes out, you get to hold it, and you look into its eyes and, uh, you know, and, and then as the months go by and that baby begins to develop and they start to smile and interact with you. And I mean, it's just awesome, isn't it? And then a couple of years later maybe, you have your second child and you're all geared up, right? Because you know what it's like. Am I right or am I wrong? From the instant that child comes out of the womb almost, they are completely different than your first child. (laughs) Their own personality, their own way of interacting. And you learn to develop that and a few years later you have your third child and you think, oh, those first two were so opposite to each other. I wonder which of them the third will be like. But no, you've got a third point on the triangle, right? And we have four kids, so we've got a square in our home. Everyone is born totally unique. Not only that, but then you're shaped by your experiences. Go on ahead, an extra one. You're shaped by your experiences. Wouldn't you say? Yes, even two kids who were born with the same personality they are drastically differently shaped by the experiences of their lives. And as you look back on your own life, many of your experiences have probably been difficult, painful, challenging experiences, and many of them have been beautiful, loving, secure experiences. But whatever mix you have of those two things, they have shaped you in a very big way into the person you are today. Then you've got your circumstances right now. You have opportunities in front of you that nobody else has. You're facing stresses in your life that are yours alone, (laughs) right? Choices that you have to make. Not only that, but you occupy a place in your family that is yours alone. And then there is your unique circle of relationships. People in your neighborhood, people in your home, people at your workplace, people at uni... Wherever your circles are, your sports team, your club that you're involved in, your unique circle of relationships. So how can we take this, all of these things, and bring them together into a meaningful whole and say, this is God's purpose for me right now at this point in my life? Well, I believe that the answer to this question is found in coming to a very clear sense of my own sentness. Sentness. You've probably not encountered that word before, right? But it's very obvious what I'm talking about, isn't it? What I mean is this. Don't miss this, you personally have been sent by Jesus Christ into every conversation, in every encounter, with every person, in every circumstance, in every day of your life. Sent by Jesus. Now that's a pretty big concept, isn't it? But I just want you to think about this. It shouldn't come as a huge surprise when we think about what we know of the nature of God himself. So just think, about the most foundational things that we know about God. What is the most basic thing that we know about the nature of God as he has revealed it to us? The most foundational thing is that God is a trinity of three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit living in eternal relationship and unity. So let's just think then about what we know about the relationship between these three persons as it has to do with us. First of all, what do we see? We see that God the Father sent God the Son into this world to represent him. In the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, John tells us. A few verses later, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has seen God at any time, but the only begotten God, he has explained him. (laughs) This is Jesus sent into the world to represent the Father. When I first started thinking about this, I remembered a verse that talked about sentness right at the beginning of the Gospel of John. Open your Bibles to John, if you have them, your Bibles, your uh, iPhones, whatever device you use to get to the Bible. John chapter 1. One of my favorite verses. John chapter 1, verse 6. Just after he introduces Jesus, he introduces another important person in the story. Verse 6. There came a man sent from God whose name was John, talking about John the Baptist. Well, of course, I like that verse because my name is John. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. I believe that you can put your own name in there as well, your own name. You say, well, of course, John, you're sent, you're in full-time ministry, here you are preaching to us, we believe you've been sent here today, God has a message for us. We believe Sam was sent, he's our pastor, God developed him here in the ministry and then sent him into this role, we love what God is doing through Sam uh, among us. We may support some missionaries, and they certainly have been sent, because there they are in another country, speaking for God, to the people around them. Can you put your own name in that verse? Well, uh, so I went to the Gospel of John. I thought, okay, uh, let's think about Jesus' sentness. And I started just reading through the Gospel of John with a red pen to circle things. And uh, what I found blew me away. So you can't keep reading in John chapter 1. You come down to verse 33. John is the one talking. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize... With water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Talking about Jesus, right? You come to chapter three and you start to encounter the, the stories of Jesus interacting with people. Because Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night, that Pharisee, and has that amazing conversation with Jesus. And in the middle of that conversation, Jesus says to Nicodemus, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world should be saved through him. So Nicodemus, here I am talking to you. You've come to me at night and you're saying, yes, uh, you're, you're a teacher from God. No one can do these things unless God is with him. But Nicodemus, I know that I have been sent into this conversation with you. And so I'm not just gonna sit here and chat with you about these things. I need to tell you something. You must be born again. What? How can a man enter his mother's womb when he's old, Nicodemus says. Uh, That's not even possible, Jesus. And Jesus says, okay, I'm talking about spiritual birth. You're born of water already. You're born of the flesh. But that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And you need life from God to come into your life. Even though you're already religious and a leader and popular and all of these things, you know there's something missing. That's why you've come and talked to me. And I want to tell you what it is. You need to be born of the Spirit. Come over the next chapter, chapter four, and this is that great story of Jesus encountering the woman at the well. He gets there, he's tired. The disciples go into town to get food, and a woman comes to the well to draw water. And Jesus is sitting there by the well. He's thirsty. Can I have a drink? He actually crossed a big cultural, racial barrier in asking that of this woman from a different race that the Jews didn't like. And she recognizes that. It means a lot to her. And she comments on it. And so Jesus says, okay, there's a relational opening here. Father, why have you sent me into this conversation? (laughs) And he starts talking to her about living water. And that leads the conversation on. And she ends up totally putting her faith in him and leading her whole town to faith in in Jesus. The disciples come back just as he's finishing talking to this woman. And when he's done and she heads off, they say, Okay, Lord, we got the food. Time to eat. Well, if you look down here in verse 34, Jesus said to them, Oh, no, guys, sorry. I'm not hungry anymore. (laughs) My food... Uh, is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Guys, I know I was hungry when I sent you into town to get food. You've come back now. I'm not even hungry anymore. I'm so excited because I've just been in this amazing spiritual conversation with this woman. The whole course of her life has changed and I know this is why I was sent. Sent. So when that woman started talking to him, Jesus had his antenna up and instantly he said, okay, Father, what's your purpose here? You've sent me into this conversation. Now I'm energized, he says to the disciples. This is what energizes me. Even more than eating is doing the will of my Father who sent me. You come over to chapter 5. Of John. And in chapter 5, we won't go through them, but five different times in chapter 5, Jesus talks about his own sentence. Chapter 6, five times again in that one chapter, he talks about his sentence. Chapter 7, chapter 8, every chapter, Jesus refers to his own sentence. Chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11, chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16, 17. Some of these chapters five six seven times in the one chapter jesus is talking in the circumstances he finds himself in about how the father has sent him when john looked back and says i want to capture what jesus life was all about and he thought what are the things i should share He said, there's one thing that's got to come through that you would never miss if you were to read my gospel as a whole about Jesus. And that is this, Jesus was always talking about his sentness in almost every conversation with every person in the gospel of John, Jesus talks about his sentness. It was the grid through which Jesus interpreted his entire life. So when Jesus encountered someone, he was always asking the question, why has God sent me into this conversation? Any circumstance he found himself in. Let me ask you this. The circumstances Jesus found himself in, were they circumstances only engineered by godly loving people? No, many of them were terrible, horrible, painful circumstances. You may find yourself in circumstances like that. And people who are so doing evil have left you in a terrible circumstance. That's what happened to Jesus too. Even in those circumstances, Jesus looked to the Father and said, Father, what is your purpose through me in this circumstance? How have you sent me as a light into this darkness? That's revolutionary. Sent. The Father sent the Son into the world. Well, if we keep moving through the Trinity, we see next that the Father and the Son sent the Holy Spirit into the world. Right? So you come to the very last teaching session Jesus had with the disciples, John chapter 14, 15, and 16. And in that last final teaching session with them, he begins to introduce them to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is going to mean to them. And he says, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going away, but actually it's to your advantage that I go away because if I don't go, the Spirit won't come, and the Spirit's going to be even better for you than having me walking along with you because He's going to be not only with you but in you. Right? He says, I will send the Spirit to you. Later on, He says, the Father will send another helper. Sent the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes when we think about the Holy Spirit, we think about the Holy Spirit kind of like this power force, power source that we need to plug our PowerPoint into in life so we can be energized for the things we want to accomplish in life or the things we want him to do in life. Holy Spirit is not just a power source. He is a person, and he's a person who has been sent into this world and is currently operating in this world with the same laser beam focus of sentness that Jesus Christ, came into this world with sent that's why when jesus stood with the disciples just before he ascended there in acts chapter 1 and verse 8 he says but you will receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you What's you say that sounds like he's the power source that we need right I want to be a powerful person spiritually. Yes, but what is the power for? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. What is the power for? You see, he's here on purpose. Here on purpose. If you want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, get involved in his purpose. Walk in step with the Holy Spirit. The Father sent the Son into the world. The Father and the Son sent the Holy Spirit into the world. Now you know what's coming next, right? The very best part. Because the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are sending you into the world. Are sending you. So when Jesus finished that last big teaching time with the disciples in the upper room, when he introduced the Holy Spirit to them, and then he said, guys, let's pray. And he prayed for them, what we call the high priestly prayer, John 17. And as he prayed for them, he prayed this. In the middle of the prayer, he said, Father, just as you sent me into the world. Now, don't just sort of rush over that, because don't forget what the disciples have just experienced three years of what we just looked at through the Gospel of John, of Jesus just going every time he talked, talking about his sentness, that he was sent from God. he's constantly saying things like, even the words I speak are not my own, but they're the Father's who gave them to me. The things I do, I don't do on my own initiative, but I only do what I see the Father doing, right? He was sent. He's saying it constantly all through the Gospel of John. Sent, 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 sent. And when they're, they're praying with Jesus at this very powerful moment, at the end of his commissioning of them for the ministry they're going to go into, and he says, Father, just as you have sent me into the world, it's like you've got this huge stack of dominoes lined up, right? And it's like Jesus tips the end one. And for the disciples, when they hear him say, As you sent me into the world, tick, 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 tick they remember this whole life of Jesus that modeled what sentness looks like. And then he says, Father, that's how I am sending them into the world. Next thing he says, I'm not only praying for these guys, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you and me. And I want to tell you something. Jesus Christ is sending you into the world. Not just in sort of this general sense about your life. In the sense that he was sent. In the sense that any encounter with any person in any circumstance, in any day of his life, he interpreted through the grid of his own sentness. Now, I don't know where you work, I don't know where you live, but I know that you have been sent into that workplace. Not just sent there in general, sent there tomorrow. To represent Jesus. I don't know the name of your spouse. I know you've been sent into your spouse's life by Jesus to represent him. When you go home and you've got your kids there and you're dealing with your kids, you've been sent into every conversation with your kids. When you're talking to your parents You've been sent into their life by Jesus Christ to represent Him. Every encounter with every person in every circumstance, in every day of your life, you've been sent into by Jesus. That is very significant. So let me just say this. When you really come to terms with this, when you really sense Jesus himself speaking to you personally in your heart, saying, I'm sending you, you find yourself in the exact same place as Every person who was called by God in Scripture found themselves. And that was this, needing to respond to God. Right? You have to come to that place. God is speaking to you. I hope that's happening right now. That you sense Jesus Christ saying to you, I'm sending you. I'm not sending you because you've dealt with every single issue in your own life. I'm not sending you because you've got it all together. I'm not sending you because you're one of those people with no baggage from your past. No, I'm sending you because you know me. And when you come face to face with that call of Jesus, you remember every person in the Bible who God called to do something had to respond to him. And what Jesus wants to hear from you right now as he's speaking to you, he wants to hear from your heart, yes, Lord. Not, yeah, I got this, God, no problem. That's not the kind of person he works through, right? He works through people who say, God, I really don't think I can do that. <laughs> Remember when he called Moses? Moses said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Pharaoh. God says, don't worry, I'll be with you. (laughs) What if they won't believe me? It's not your job, Moses. What's that in your hand? My staff, throw it down. He threw it down, became a snake. Pick it up, it became his staff again. Put your hand in your cloak. He pulled it out covered with leprosy. Stick it in again. He pulled it out pure and clean. God says to Moses, it's up to me to do whatever needs to be done to show the people that I really sent you. It's not even up to you. Don't worry. But God, I'm not good at talking to people, Moses says. Okay, I'll send Aaron with you because he's really good at talking to people. But God, uh, you've just forgotten I also have a speech impediment. That's what in the Hebrew language, the words that he uses when he says, God, I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. That's technical terminology in the Hebrew for speech impediment. Probably stuttering, we don't know. And you know, when you stutter, if you get in a pressure situation, it gets even worse. And he pictures himself going to Pharaoh to say, let my people go and, and just seizing up. He says, God, I can't do that. God says, Moses, who made, God, who made man's mouth? Who made man speaking or dumb, hearing or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Don't you think I knew about your problem? When I called you, and it's part of why I called you. Everyone will know it's me who does it, not you. (laughs) Right? What I need to hear from you, Moses, is yes, Lord. When Moses runs through all his excuses and he runs out of excuses, he says, okay, here's what it really comes down to God just send someone else. (laughs) And everything changes. Until then, God's been all encouragement. Who am I? Don't worry, Moses, I'll be with you. Who are you? I am. What if they won't believe me? That's my job, Moses, not yours. You just be available. I'm not good at talking. I'll send Aaron with you. What about my speech impediment? That's why I chose you. Hear all the encouragement from God, for Moses' inadequacy. But when Moses says, actually, God, I am just unavailable. The very next verse says, then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses. God will accept. In fact, he even likes your sense of inadequacy because it's him who's going to do it. But God will not accept unavailability. He will not accept it. And he's coming to you this morning. And he's saying, I'm sending you into every conversation with every person in every circumstance of your life. And I want to hear, yes, Lord. When you say yes, Lord, then you go on this journey. You begin to develop a ministry mindset. I purposely worded it like that. You begin to develop a ministry mindset because it takes time. You grow into it. When God started me on this journey, I had to I thought it would happen all at once. It took a long time. But I've gradually developed a ministry mindset as I encounter people. Go on a journey. But you have to say, Lord, I'm gonna start that journey. Take me on it. And then you need to be equipped. And I just encourage you, every chance you get, the women's ministry's got this thing coming up, get involved in anything that you think is going to equip you better as a witness for Jesus, right? When you know you're you're getting a major new job and you need some certain skills, you go, you pay money, you get trained, all of this to be good at it. Right? Well, what about your purpose in life from God? (laughs) That's worth investing in, isn't it? To develop yourself. So, do you hear God's message to you this morning? I'm sending you. Let's pray. You asked God to speak to you at the beginning. I have no doubt he has. What's your response to him? Can you just take a moment now and in your heart say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I'm like Moses, I've got all my fears, but yes. Thank you, Lord, for your word to our hearts this morning. We know you're speaking to us. We invite you to take us in all of our weakness, all of our inadequacy, and pour your power into us and through us as we move in step with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.